If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 289. This is our 2024 Farmers Insurance Open and Ras Al Khaimah Championship Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gained ranking for, uh, rankings for both. Course form stats combined with current form stats, plus, of course, our predictor models. All of that content completely free of charge with no paywall. We are on X. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. We are so close to 4,000 subs. It's unbelievable. So uh, give it a check. Right, now you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This review is entitled Love the Show. And to be fair, he's followed my instructions completely correctly here, guys. Listen to this. Hello, I'm Ramsey and I'm from Edinburgh. That's what we like to hear. Love the show. And always love the stats. Shame I still can't pick a winner with all of the info, though. That is from Ramsey in Edinburgh. Thank you, Ramsey, for your five-star review. To be fair, I think there's a few of us in the golf betting Twitter sphere at the moment that are struggling to pick a winner. So you're not alone, Ramsey. <laughs> no, indeed. No, th- thanks, Ramsey. Yeah, it's... It's been a tricky start to the uh, to the calendar year, hasn't it? Both sides of the Atlantic so far. So we put it right this week, boys. I've got a good feeling about it. The no winners club turns it around. <laughs> we have we have no backlog on review. So again, I'll say it like I did last week. If you send us a five star review on Apple, you will most likely have your review. Read out at the start of next week's show. Paul, let's mention again for new listeners the 2024 Majors competition, if you will. 30 seconds on that, please. Mm, Yeah, so um, very simple. We want four names, four different names. One for the Masters, one for the US PGA Championship, one for the US Open, one for the Open Championship. Um, Tell us who you think is going to win each of those four major championships get them entered to us via twitter via x i'll get there eventually i'll start calling it x via x via facebook there's a thread that's active on facebook via email um and let us know who you're gonna who you think is gonna win we'll then collate a little leaderboard and allocate some prizes cash prizes at the end of the uh, open championship to our three winners 150 to the winner 75 to the second place, £25, or currency equivalent to the third place finisher. Steve will undoubtedly add the uh, rules and terms and entry requirements link to the podcast description. I was thinking about starting my Masters um, selection with Nick Dunlap. What do you think? Yeah, he's in now, I guess, isn't he? First three, first three weeks on the PGA Tour, tour chaps, 150 to 1, Chris Kirk, 400 to 1, Grayson Murray. That was particularly painful, clearly for both Barry and myself. We had the other two in the playoff. 300 to 1, which casting your mind back to an am, 300 to 1 was a pretty short price, really, on Nick Dunlap, who wins the American Express last week. Mm. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Well, and 
I think Twitter was blowing up on Saturday as he was just like pulling five, six shots clear. Well, yeah, and then I think everyone would have expected him to go backwards. And, you know, there was a blip, wasn't there, on his front nine. But to to then ease himself back away and uh, and, and keep himself in front. Yeah, he did had a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of assistance there from Sam Burns right at the end, but to to convert that, what, what's that? The first amateur since ninety one? Did I read? It's, yeah, uh, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, so you know, lefty back in ninety one was the last am to do that. It's mightily impressive, and you'd think he's going to go and turn pro now, so you can actually bank some of these uh, dollars if he does it again. Well, I read that the cash that he should have earned went to the people directly below. So, in effect, mm. Christian Bizadenhut took the $1,512,000 first prize yep. for second. Yep, it does. You remember when um, remember when Shane Lowry won the Irish Open? I think it was it Robert, Robert Rock who was second yep. from memory. Took so, the lot. So, so, yeah, Robert Rock took the lot. Lowry didn't earn a penny out of that, but... Um, yeah, it's a stepping stone, isn't it? These guys who are more than capable and will undoubtedly come back and earn their money further down the line, but uh, not the week they actually get over the line for the first time. Do you think the, do you think the maddest thing of all is that if he turns pro now, they won't... <clears throat> naturally, you forfeit the money because you were amateur at the time, but they won't give him the FedEx points that he would have earned if he was pro at the time. You know, just to, just to just to help correct their system. Then, look, there's no doubt he's. I think he's pulled out of the farmers this week to kind of just take he stock, has, yeah. have yeah. a celebration. Seems like a pretty rational, good decision. Um, he'll probably get loads of invites anyway to to kind of counteract that system. But it just seems so messed up, like a, a another hurdle to get over to try to get onto tour to to kind of get your status up on tour. It's just so difficult to get up there. Does he not? I mean, you you may may or may not know this, Steve. Does he not get a card for having won the tournament? I think. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to state something that was untrue. And no, Rob no. Bolton, the the Oracle on X, hasn't actually clarified the situation. Does no. it? Well, it's it's been so long since the last one. I expect. Uh, the, the rules aren't there to be uh, to be studied and uh, clarified. And, and then one thing Rob did qu- clarify, just to jump subjects, the reason Justin Thomas pulled out of the Farmers Insurance Open was that he's now jumped into the world's top twenty-five, which gives him a invite for the Pebble Beach signature event next week. Hmm. Anyway, but yeah, I don't know. Um, he all I, Rob has said that he he will add him to the rookie listings um, when or if he turns pro. So I can't I can't believe though that you would win a tournament as an amateur and you wouldn't at least be given your two year exemption once no. you turn pro. That would seem super super harsh. Mm. Mm. If he, and if he turns pro, doesn't he? Does he lose any invites he gets to the the majors now from this? It's so, it's so as a, as a, weird yeah. and opaque. As a, yeah, because a lot of them are predicated on being um, amateur at the day, date of the major championship. Yes. So, mm. so but that he would, would be still be able to play the Masters though, because clearly yes. he's won a PGA Can't Tour event. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's too confusing for early on a Tuesday morning. Anyway. It is indeed, Barry. <laughs> But anyway, Christian Brzezaden, who's a far richer man this morning. Yeah, he's bagged the dollar. So yeah, it goes from one it goes from one extreme to the other, though, doesn't it? So you've got you've got Nick Dunlap winning that, uh, the first amateur since nineteen ninety one, and then of course you go over to Dubai, which was a decent field. Uh, some very very strong players in there, uh, of course, Tommy Tyrrell. You had Brian Harmon. You had Cam Young. It was a it was a strong field with the Hoy guards, and uh, you woke up Saturday and you, you're scrolling down the leaderboard and you're not seeing Rory McIlroy, three time winner there, and 
And then all of a sudden, you just the birdie barrage, <laughs> the birdie barrage came, didn't it, on Saturday? What was what price was he in play in running? Well, did you see? I I saw thirty threes at the start of Saturday. I've, I've seen people quoting fifty, which would seem reasonable. Um, perhaps there were some bookies out there offering fifty to one, but but Roy Roy was ten back. I watched quite a lot of it on Friday, um, and uh, of course Rory was in the. Um, in the coverage and he was teetering on the edge of missing the cut if the you know his final few holes would have gone awry he would have missed the cut he makes the cut 63 on saturday and um and to be fair no one really gave him a scare on sunday so he could kind of kind of coast home on the back nine if someone had put a run in if adrian moronk or cam young had, had, uh, had put the kind of running on the back nine that is possible around that course with the uh with three par fives and the, the short par four, then um, it could have put him under some severe pressure, but um, but it didn't happen. He uh, he just managed to hold on. Cam Young again, great opportunity, wasn't that, to for him to yeah. uh, to get a win? And um, from the position he was in at halfway, it was he'll be sorely disappointed not to have converted that. And um, I was on Moronk, you were on Moronk as well, Steve, and. Um, disappointing that those little mistakes that he made during the course of well the course of Sunday but also the course of the the four days um you know all manifested to him just finishing a shot shy and on another week he could have walked away with that by three or four clear shots I think just didn't quite happen three weeks three very close calls for for the podcaster mm. Very close calls. We'll put it right this week. Maybe that means that this week's the week. Let's start, shall we? Should we, should we talk about around the Farmers Insurance Open? I know that a lot of golf punters and a lot of just golf viewers in general see this really as the start of their calendar year of golf routes, especially through to the through to the Masters, that you know, where inevitably everything starts to ramp up. The amount of interest in golf gets bigger and bigger week on week in week out as we try and work out who's who are those players that are going to give us our best chance of a victory at uh, at the at Augusta National. We're playing Torrey Pines, of course, a classical U.S. Open hosting golf course. So you know, this is this is proper golf. I can assure listeners, you will not. I repeat, not see 29 under winning this week around Torrey, Torrey Pine South. It's not going to happen. Cracking golf course. It's the longest on the PGA Tour. Just the mere matter of 7,765 yards at sea level. <laughs> That'll be long. Yep. And just to add insult to injury, there's been a little bit of rain in the area. And they are quoting rough that is longer than previous years. It is four inches of rough on both the south course. And don't forget, this is played over two. So they play uh, round one, round two. You get a go on the south course. You also get a go on the north course. The north course is... um, it's a Tom Weiskopf redesign. That's the course where if you can get something like a, a minimum 68, it's a par 72, a minimum 68, 67 or lower, you're building up the scores on your on the leaderboard that you might be able to fritter away the odd bogey or two that you're inevitably going to get on the south course. So yeah, good tournament, decent field, and it's not even a signature event this year, an elevated event rather. So um, it's a it's a cracking field. Let's get into that. In terms of best bookmaker for the 2024 Farmers Insurance Open, we're highlighting Bet365, who as ever have their each way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Farmers. Now, for the very first time this week, each way extra are offering eight places, ten, or even twelve places, all at a fifty odds the place, on both the Farmers and Pools tournament this week on the DP World Tour, the Ras Alkaima Championship. So that's a new 
completely new um, strategy for Bet365. Now, as we record the pod, they are offering 10 places each way and extended market best odds on players such as Sung Jae-in. He's 18 to 1 with Bet365. He's only 14 to 1 with Skybet. Jason Day, 20 to 1. Justin Rose, 40 to 1. He's won here in the past. He's only 33 to 1 with Skybet. Or how about friend of the podcast, Emiliano Grio? He's 70 to 1, 10 places each way with Bet365 by their each way extra market. Paddy Power have him up at 66 to 1 with only eight places available. This is what we say shop about, have these accounts available. If you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current bet £10. Get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code. Barry, what is the bonus code? Paul, what's the bonus code? <laughs> you, you've just, just thrown Barry under the bus. I just thought <laughs> I'd mix things up this week. What's the bonus code, chaps? <laughs> the bonus code is SPORT30. sport zero. Interesting, actually, isn't it? Because um, historically, the... Each way extra has been a seventh of the odds for the 10 mm-hmm. places and a ninth of the odds for the 12 places. So for them to move to a fifth of the odds this week yeah. on both is um, a big, aggressive move from 365. So, so yeah, do check the prices out before you place your bet because you might find a better option there um, for sure. That's a, yeah, it's a huge step forward for Bet365. Mm. So let's hope that continues. Certainly worth checking out. So Sport30 bonus code for that particular new customer offer. Right, okay. I'm not going to mention their boost this week because they've actually boosted Max Homer, which I don't like really. Because uh, he's my he's my top pick this week. Now, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with a major championship length golf course and difficulty. I mean, we're talking here 5,000 square feet on average green surfaces. So by my reckoning, they're the smallest greens that we've seen on the PGA Tour so far in 2024, and it's the longest golf course by a country mile. If you're looking for parameters, I categorise the South Course is coastal, clearly. It's on a cliff edge. Classical, so old style. Mid-score level is what we're likely to see. So anything, it's so, so consistent here, what the what the champions deliver in terms of winning score. Homer, 13 under last year. Luke List, 15 under. Patrick Reed 14 under. Mark Leishman, 15 under. So there you go. That's where we're aiming at. If you can get a player into those teens this week, you're going to be fighting for the victory. You're going to be certainly in those each-way spots if you're going to have a player that ends up around that kind of scoring parameter. Um, The north course, that's far shorter, 7,258 yards. Uh, They feature... Uh, 6,000 square feet on average. Greens, they are pure bent grass on the north course. On the sand, on the south course, of course, we're dealing with our old friend. It's the first time of this year that I can say this. Poana. Poana Greens. I used to call it Poa Anua. Do you remember that for years, chaps, on the <laughs> podcast? Poa Anua. And then someone said, Steve, it's Poana. Okay. So Poana Greens this week. And as we say... Lots of players, especially kind of players from the southern United States who grew up on Bermuda grass. So, southeast United States, you know, your Carolinas, your Alabamas, even Florida, you know, Floridians, they do tend to struggle on these putting surfaces because they get extremely bumpy. And um, you know what? These, these golfers do like a moan. They like pure running surfaces like we saw last week. Well, you're not going to get that this week at Torrey Pines. Just to give you a indication of the difficulty of the golf course, we've got thinner fairways this week than last week at PGA West, and of course, a 7,765 yard par 72. So thin fairways, huge length, four inches of rough. That's what we're up against 
this week. Now, I do like this test. Um, had a few winners here. Had Will Zalatoris two years ago. Um, should have won. Luke List came from nowhere. He came from five back Luke List in 2022 to take that at 80-1. to one. And then last year, I think we were all on Max Homer, weren't we? 28-1. Yeah. to one. Again, he was five back entering into the final day. I say final day because this week the farmer's insurance runs from Wednesday to Saturday so that the final, co- uh, final round coverage is not clashing with the NFL playoffs. So, Wednesday bets need to be placed. Remember that, listeners. It's not a Thursday start this week. So, if you're off the pace, I mean, Mark Leishman here as well. Look, Mark Leishman was four back in 2020. So, if you're within four or five going into Saturday here, you have a shot of victory. So, again, if you're you're an in-play better and you can find players that you like, Four, five shots back. It's a ploy on Saturday, undoubtedly, in the final round. Anything you guys... I mean, Barry, you, you like your course architecture. And I know I know that you you are more a fan of 14-under winning a golf tournament rather than 29-under winning a golf tournament. Is there anything that, uh, in particular, you, you like about Torrey Pines or you remember? It looks nice on the coast. Um... It's, I do like the 18th, the way it rises, and they kind of sit on top, don't they? And they're, they're all wondering whether to go over the water and aim for it in two. Great closing hole. Yeah, I've, it, Without having gone to the course and only seen it on TV, you can kind of just pull in what others have said. But I've heard an awful lot of uh, good discussion uh, that they don't utilize the land as well as they could do there for the holes, and that there should be a bit more width um to to kind of shape the holes a bit better for how the the cliff top kind of um areas work so look we're getting what we're getting um we could debate it all week long but it just looks uh looks like this is going to be an absolute um animal this week on the south course hit it i mean at this stage, when the fairways get this tight, does and the rough is this high, does you know driving accuracy kind of to a certain extent go out the window, and it's just pure power. Because if you're going to miss 50 percent of the fairways, you may as well be a club or two or three clubs closer to the green than than other guys. Yeah, I get that. So in in that yeah. way, it becomes a little bit of. Um, it kind of takes away a few different skills, I suppose, but and just rewards, um, or you know, raw power doesn't get punished as much as other uh, skill sets. So, I think that's that's a key thing I'll be looking at this week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a bomb and gauge, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> with a question mark at the end, it feels like it will be that um, with a little bit of rain coming down. So, maybe not the most entertaining type of golf to the eye, but uh, the backdrop of the coast will be good to kind of offset that. You mentioned rain. Eight eight millimetres on Saturday, a further eight on Sunday, and yesterday, 33 mil. One and a third inches of rain on the golf course, and it's still raining there at the moment as we're recording this podcast, UK time. So, um, US time rather. So, that rough. That course is going to play long, at least for the initial 36 holes. There's going to be moisture in the course, undoubtedly. And that does, to me, potentially make the shorter hitters' task even more difficult. But clearly, you know. That isn't such the case on the on the north course, and if you can go out there and shoot a sixty four on a soft golf course Thursday or Friday, you're going to get yourself to the top of the leaderboard, and then it's just the case of hanging on for dim grim death. If you're a Ches Reevy, for example, who's a very good, as Paul would tell you, very good Poana putter, Ches Reevy. Mm-hmm. I believe he has a top ten here as well, so it is possible for shorter hitters to contend, but. Um, yeah, 
I think ultimately slightly longer players do tend to get the job done here. I mean, look at Luke List, for example. Very, very long off the tee. The other thing I will say, Barry, as well, if you can find bombers that have a short game that can scramble around greens and also have a positive strokes gained around the green score and can make the odd putt, very much in play this week. Which kind of rule? You know what I'm saying. So mm. if you if you to look at categories of bomber, Cam Champ is just an absolute animal off the tee, and as soon as he then gets his hands on irons and any other club, very very spotty, has good weeks, has disastrous months. Luke List, on the other hand, could not cannot putt as we know, very struggles with the putter, but consistently excellent off the tee, and very good around the green. They're the kind of players. They're, they're a rare mix. Short game, extreme power. That's definitely in play this week. If you can find a player like that. There aren't many around, by the way. Right, I've gone for four. Average winning price of this event over the past five years is 42 to 1. The shortest price of a winner since 2010 here, which who isn't Tiger Woods... Is fourteen to one. Jason Day, twenty fifteen. Justin Rose, twenty nineteen. I believe Justin Rose was world number one when he won in twenty nineteen. Seems a long while ago. Hmm. Gives me hope, chaps, that one of the top four. And I know this sounds ridiculous given the last three weeks of events that we've had. Gives me hope. And I have been right the last few times that Scotty Scheffler didn't win at six to one or thirteen to two. Gives me a hope that Xander, Cantley, Homer, and Morikawa aren't at one of them isn't guaranteed to win this. Tends to be players that are slightly below the very obvious that get the job done here. Anyway, I, you know me, you know the podcast. Um, I took. 12 to 1 with Unibet. Um, unfortunately, he's now 12 to 1 with Bet Fred, eight places each way. I had to take six uh, yesterday when I was pulling all this together, first thing, on Max Homer. Um, we know that he has already defended a PGA Tour title. And he is just absolutely made for this type of golf. So um, I kind of took the the risk out of it, of doing all of this homework, finding players that could win at a deeper price and then get stung by Max Homer defending his championship by just backing the guy. So I've gone three points each way, 12 to 1 on Max Homer. That is still available, or better terms are available with Betfred right now. They're offering eight places each way and 12 to 1 on Max Homer. So of the top four, I've I've gone for, for Homer over Morikawa, Cantley. And Xander. That's where I'm at. Um, I know the price is very short, so I expect the answer is no. But are either of you following me in on Max Homer this week? Yeah, uh, when only on the exchange for me, uh, fifteen point five. He was fifteen and a half, so that's fourteen and a half. Well, about fourteen to one when you round it down with the deductions for for um, Max on the exchange. But um, yeah, I I I think you're. Logic is right, Stephen, that he is quite capable of uh, defending, retaining that title. So um, rather than just ignoring it, uh, almost a saver for me, just to just to make sure that I don't uh, don't regret not having backed him. So yeah, I mean, from I'll, the defense, from the sorry, Barry, sorry, I'll defense just say I'll be doing the same. You're in too. I'll do the same on the exchange. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I really hate it when Bet three six five do the boost. It. It. I don't think it. I don't think a player's ever won <laughs> when that debt when that uh, curse has been on them. Seen a few recently, but not many. No. Thing I recognise with Max is since you know he's been defending titles. Bear in mind he's won five times on the PGA Tour already. Yeah. He's finished 10th when defending the Genesis, 1st when defending the Fortinet, 
and 8th last year when defending the Wells Fargo. So he gives it a go. Yeah. Mm. Gives it a go. And as we said, if he's within four or five on Saturday evening when we all settle down to watch this, you've got a chance. You've got a chance. So, yeah, we're all on Homer. That won't surprise any regulars. Right, more interesting bets. I couldn't leave alone Jason Day. So I've taken two points each way at 25 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way on Jason Day. I mean, I won't bore you with his record around here, but the amount of firsts, there's two of them, second, thirds, top nine finishes here is unbelievable. We also know with Jason Day, he must be licking his chops with the uh, the uh, elevated event next week at Pebble Beach because he's had a second three-fourths and a fifth there, plus three additional top seven finishes at Pebble Beach. So clearly gets on very, very well with these Poana putting surfaces. Um, you can throw in a fourth that he got at TPC Harding Park the year that Morikawa won the PGA. He's just playing nice golf. He's um, hitting plenty of fairways. He hits the ball plenty long enough. The approach plays decent. The only thing that's holding Jason Day back, and this is a guy that backed him last week at 33-1 to to win the Amex, which, you know, in retrospect, is Jason Day ever going to get the 30 under par? Probably not. But it's just his putting that's been holding him back of late, which is encouraging, really, because he's normally a phenomenal putter. And if the putter clicks on these Poana Greens like it seems to year in, year out, you can't really not see Jason Day being involved over Friday and Saturday uh, on sort of the, the 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 closing rounds of this. So I'm on Jason Day at twenty five to one. Well, I've got deeper selections from there. Two more. Uh, where where are you pitching your pitching your tent, Paul, on this one in terms of uh, selections? Um, I've got I've got one at fifty five, so I'll take you through that in a sec, um, and then a, a three figure shot. My fifty five to one shot was uh, Justin Rose, who I took yesterday. You can get a little bit longer, sixty six out there if you want um, just the bog standard each way places. But so I took Rose with uh, with uh, with fifty five to one yesterday. Um, I backed him back at the uh, the Sony, didn't I? After that final round at the Century, where he shot sixty one, absolutely flying that day, and uh, didn't do a great deal at the Sony. A couple of rounds of sixty seven, but nothing special. Finished, uh, you know, down the made the cut, but just finished a bit further down the field. I think this suits him best of the three courses that we he will have played so far this year. Um, one in 2019, as you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. Fourth, eighth, sixth um, place finishes either side of that. 18th here last year. I think um, this sets up very nicely for him. I think there's some good underlying form just bubbling under the surface. Uh, one on the West Coast swing last year at Pebble. Uh, there's uh, there's plenty to like about Rose. And I think we're getting a decent enough price about him. Um, as I say, if you, if you fancy taking the bog standard, 66 is out there in uh, an event that I think he can compete and potentially win. So happy to to take a chance on Justin Rose this week. But yeah, the, the other one I've got is uh, three figures. So I'll, uh, I'll go through that in a second. If you're looking for corresponding golf courses this week, Paul, it's not difficult. Riviera Country Club, mm. Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, Muirfield Village. You know, it's, it's, it's the old classical tests that we see year in, year out on the PGA Tour where tough, mid-score, even technical scores get you the victory. And, you know, Justin Rose is all over that, isn't it? That's that's yep. his bread That's his bread and butter. I hate that term, but um, I've added it. it. So, yeah, that's that's where Rose plays his best stuff. So I, I can see the logic in that completely. Uh, Barry, what about you? How, question for you, though, uh, here. How do course debutants go in general? Have we got any winners from playing on debut? I think John Rahm was the only player that's won this on debut. Okay, so there's precedent there. I'm thinking, because of his pure length um, and power, I'm thinking Minwoo Lee 
Yeah. Well, just kind of get outside that um, those shorter prices into something that's got a little bit of juice in it. And, yeah, he's just got that yeah massive power and that's um, it's an appealing appealing enough price compared to some of the, the bigger, I suppose, the, the more superstar established names ahead of him. The only thing that put me off start, I mean, because we've got some cracking guys attending this this week in terms of those types of bets. So Minwoo Lee, Adrian Moronk, we've got Nikolai Hoygaard. You know, some talented sorts, Robert McIntyre. But if they're seeing these two courses for the first time and this golf tournament starts on Wednesday, mm. it's a very, very tight... You, there must, There's going to be holes that these guys don't get to play, surely, before first tee-off on Wednesday. Mm. I mean, you've got 36 holes to learn and you're, you're arriving on a Monday morning and it starts on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's going to be a tough old call to get to know the course. But just to throw um, throw this one out there, Rahm became the first player since 1957 to win on course debut here seven years ago. Worth recognising with John Rahm as well. He went to Arizona State, I believe. So he was kind of already... He played college events here. And they do play a lot of junior golf here at Torrey Pines. So you may find that some of these players could be a Minwoo Lee. They played here in the past anyway as juniors. So worth worth digging around. But yeah, Minwoo Lee, don't forget, fifth at the US Open last year. Top five at the US Open up in Los Angeles. So it's not as if this guy can't contend on tough, technical, long golf courses because he clearly can. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see the logic in Minwoo Lee. Okay. Trigger not pulled yet, but that's interesting. Uh, I'm kind of looking at a couple of others. One, I agree with you on, Steve, so I'll let you take care of that. But um, I think this... I know who that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm, I might be ready for... Um, I might be ready to get on the Shane Lowry train again. Mm-hmm. It's going to come. At some point, he's going to contend. It's, it was never going to be 29 under at the peak. But these no. guys use this as sharpness, don't they? Yeah, it was never going to be last week. Sharpen up. Yeah, no. nice couple of moments, a little flirt with the cut, hole out eagle. It just it feels like there's something just has to snap. So he'll either he'll either bomb outside the top one thousand in the world, or it'll come back. You know, there's it it just it's been too wishy washy for the last kind of uh, year and a bit, or maybe even a, a year and a bit more, where we, you you feel like it's going to come, but it just hasn't. So this just. You know, it reminds me a little bit, it's not quite, it's not nowhere near the same, but just brings me back to the win at Firestone. Just a tough, long, tight course. And, you know, that was one of his big, you know, it was his career moment until he won the Open. Um, you know, coastal course. His short game hasn't been as great as it looks. Like his short game always looks amazing, but, you know, hasn't been as great as it looks for the last while. Feels like the things are he's saying are just uh, maybe the mental space is that little bit better, and it's just that one or two percent that he needs to unlock. So, I think I'm going to do it. I like the price for him, so it's just going to be a fun, a fun mid-price bet. Yeah, you can see that. Don't forget as well, we've also got the Florida Swing just around the corner, and we know that Shane likes those tougher Florida tests. Uh, almost won the Honda the other couple of years ago, didn't he? Mm. Standing on 18T. Yeah. When I look at my strokes gained records here, eight weeks, um, you can check them out on my preview, detailed um, eight-week strokes gained numbers there. Mark Leishman ranked third in my strokes gained T to green ranking that week uh, in 2020. List was fourth for 90-1. to one. And Max Homer last year was fourth. You can also throw Will Zalatoris in there, who finished runner-up in 2022 to Luke List. He was tied fourth with List in my rolling eight-week tee to green numbers. So I'm just going to look at my tee to green numbers right now. For They're slightly skew-width because we've got a new season. So we've now got a load of rookies in there that have only played one or two outings. So you're getting some weird names in there. That'll settle down. I mean, at the moment, Hayden Springer 
is top of my tee to green ranking for a couple of, for probably one round or two rounds that he played last week at PGA West. But ranking second is Max Homer. Ranking fourth is Colin Morikawa. In there as well, in the top 10, so if we stripped out your Springers, your Mac Meisners and people of that variety, he'd actually be ranking in the top eight, is Sepp Straker. Now, I know that, Barry, that's the other player I think you were going to put up. Sepp Straker, is that correct? Yeah, you know it. Got some... He's finished 13th in here and 16th in four appearances. And we just know now Sepp is a top 20 in the world player who completely and constantly is undervalued by lots of odds compilers. So I just thought 45 to 1, eight places each way was something I couldn't turn down when his numbers are so strong. So I'm on one and a half points each way with Betfred. That bet was with. I, I know there was a 66 to 1 number out there with far shorter each-way places on first show on Sepp Strucker. Whoever took that, well done. But, uh, yeah, I'm on Sepp Strucker as well. He's he's clearly okay with the course. You don't finish 13th and 16th here if you don't like it. And he's just playing some phenomenal golf from tee to green right now. And don't forget, this is a guy that finished 7th at Oak Hill last year in the PGA, second at the Open Championship. It's not as if he can he can't mix it in elite fields these days. So, yeah, I'm on Sepp Straka. The other one I'm on, there's one uh, year where the numbers go completely the other way, my eight-week numbers, and they they went to someone that was putting lights out. He ranked in the top 10 of my putting number that particular year. And he came here with a red-hot putter, and also in reasonable form. That was Patrick Reed in 25-1. to 1. The player of that ilk that I found that I think could go very well here is Harris English. I've gone one and a half points each way, 45-1 to 1 with Harris English. That was with bet 365 each way extra eight places. He's finished runner-up here. That was to Scott Stallings in 2015. He's also finished 14th and 8th across 10 Farmers appearances. But, don't forget, they played the 2021 US Open here, which John Rahm won. Harris was third in that. 80 to 1, that particular major. And this is it with Harris English. On the choir, if you look at US Opens and you look at tough 10 sort of 12 under scoring conditions, he does gravitate to the top of leaderboards. And there's two things that Harris is doing particularly well now. He's driving the ball brilliantly, long and straight. And as we know with Harris, he can go through six-month periods where he sh- where he's very, very crooked. Well, the driver's bang on right now. Very, very strong driver right now. And he's putting extremely well right now. And last year, he finished second at Bay Hill, third at Quail Hollow, and he was eighth in that LACC-hosted US Open that we just mentioned about Minwoo Lee. English was eighth in that. So he's the sort that could creep in for me, Harris English, at a big price. So I've gone for Homer, 12-1, to 1, Jason Day, 25-1, to 1, two 45-1 shots, Harris English... And Sepp Straka. Paul, who's your triple digit selection? Can uh, I guess? Don't. Matt Wallace. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to guess the same. Wow. And I, I've, I've weaned myself off of Matt Wallace for, for a, week, a week. Dangerous. So. Yeah, he's dangerous. He's, he's the yeah. sort that could pop up with a top 10 this week, Wallace. Yeah, no, it's. Um, now, now you've now you've mentioned it. I might have to uh, <laughs> might have to pull the trigger. <laughs> no, the one I backed is Tom Hoagie. Uh, 125 to one out there now. 100 to one if you want the extended places. Hoagie for me is always underrated. Um, his approach play is always solid. Um, it's been really good. Um, all the way back to Wentworth in the autumn actually when he was uh, over on the DP World Tour. Uh, we followed him for a few holes, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. Is you know, yeah. I, th- I think his approach play um, works well at uh, at Torrey. Uh, 38th of the century, eighth for strokes and approach that week. Another 
um, you know, another case in point, effectively. Mr. Cut the Sony, but the 17th last week. Nice little warm up for this. It's boom or bust when he comes here. Lots of missed cuts, but then he's finished 12th uh, back in 2018, 5th in 2020 as well. So when it works, when it all clicks, Hoagie is the kind of player, I think, who can come through and potentially place at a big price. So I took the 8th place option with 100 to 1, but if you want to be really brave, there is 125s out there with shorter terms. But uh, yeah, Hoagie, see if, he can, uh, see if he can sneak into one of those top 8 positions. Mm. Worst bets. Mm. He is. He does like his Poana. As yeah. well, if you win at Pebble, you, you clearly get on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of those players that always seems to be, you know, slightly the wrong price to me when I when I say it. So, yeah, give him a try. He sits right now. I've just gone to our predictor model and I've maximised Poana um, Poana finishes over the last five years. Max Homer, one. Justin Rose, two. Jason Day, three. Friend of the podcast, Gary Woodland, four. Tom Hoagie, eighth place. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Right, let's move to the DP World Tour. We're still over in the UAE. We are playing the RAS al Championship this week, Paul. Over to you. Yeah, it's just, just up the coast, isn't it, from Dubai? Not hmm. far at all. Um. We've lost the Rolex series status now, so um, we're back to normal. That's left us with a much more regular-looking betting market, one that we'd normally kind of expect on a regular DP World Tour event. Rasmus Hoygaard, 14-1 to favourite. Uh, Theobjorn Olsen, 18-1. to Jordan Smith, 18-1. to The old names coming back to the fore these kind of events uh, Tristan Lawrence 25 to 1 Xander Lombard same price 25s Yannick Paul 25 to 1 uh, Laurie Cantor 33 Tom McKibben 35 to 1 40 to 1 bar those players ball sports are 8 places each way as standard this week so do check out their prices and as we've talked through already Bet365 have their 8, 10 and 12 place options out there at a 5th of the odds this week so um, well worth having a little shop around before you place your bets this week at Raz Al We're going back to the Alhamra Golf Club. It's a Peter Haradine design. I think uh, for Haradine, think uh, Doha, think um, Abu Dhabi Golf Club. Those kind of he's got he's got a few dotted around the Middle East that he's designed, but certainly a few that we've uh, seen over on the DP World and the older European Tour circuit over the years. It's a 7,410-yard par 72. It's set just off the coast, so it's got a definite coastal vibe to it, in my view. Exposed fairways um, with deserts around, so it does look like a desert course, just with the kind of lagoons in play and, uh, you know, the regular kind of uh, desert features that you would expect otherwise. Now, there are four reachable par fives for the very long hitters this week. Three sub 400-yard par fours as well. So, ultimately, it's a resort-style course. Um, Birdies and eagles are always the currency here in good conditions. And good conditions is what we should expect, particularly for the first couple of days. Uh, Light winds Thursday and Friday. Temperatures up to... 25 27 celsius what's that uh, 77 to 81 in fahrenheit that kind of number looks a little breezier over the weekend and uh, this has actually kind of worsened a little since i put my preview out yesterday saturday 10 to 15 mile an hour maybe gusting 20 sunday yeah maybe just down a, a notch or two but certainly a little bit breezier over the weekend so that should that should keep the players honest if nothing else now we've got a little bit of course form um to study for this week the tour did um come here for the first time back in 2022 it was a double header that year Nikolai Huygard 24 under won the inaugural event at 35 to 1 then a week later Ryan Fox at 22 under one at 60 to one. So two long hitters there, Hoygaard and Fox. Last year, Daniel Gavin's 17 under par at 200 to one. 
you guys will remember this from last year. Gavin's was a couple clear going up the uh, the final hole, uh, banged it in the water twice, mm. and uh, eventually made what was it twenty five, maybe getting close to thirty footer for double bogey on the final hole thinking that he'd blown the tournament. And then uh, Alexander Bjork, who was behind him, uh, managed to bogey the same hole as well. Or he might have been just in front of him, actually. One of the two. Uh, whichever way, um, he was a very lucky boy, Daniel Gavins, to to end up winning the tournament um, 12 months ago. But uh, win it, he did. So uh, that was Gavins. Slightly different MO, which we'll go through in a second. Before that, we did have three events on the Challenge Tour held here as well. Uh, Jordan Smith won in 2016, Jens Dantorp in 2017, and Adrie Arnaus in 2018. So you think Smith, think Arnaus, Hoygaard, Fox, we're kind of getting a view as the kind of player that can uh, that can contend and perform around this course. Now we have skill stats from those three DP World Tour events. Uh, driving accuracy, if you look at the stats, raw stats, for the whole field, driving accuracy stats are way down. You know, if you're hitting even close to fifty percent of fairways, then you're right at the very top of that uh, metric. The three winners, um, Hoygaard, Fox, and Gavin's, each of them hit less than thirty percent of fairways, down in the low twenties. Some of them, so you don't need to be hitting fairways. It's not that kind of course. Um, Hoygaard and Fox drove the ball a long way, as we'd expect. They hit greens, made enough putts. Gavin's was the exception, because he was around about 30 yards shorter than the other pair. Uh, scrambled well and absolutely putted lights out, as we say, that final hole. The 72nd hole was a, a case in points for how Daniel Gavin's managed to somehow get the job done 12 months ago. In terms of strokes gained, Hoygaard was first for strokes gained off the tee. Uh, him and Fox were both second for strokes gain approach um, and the, the same two were first and second respectively for strokes gain tee to green. So that's how they got over the line. Gavin's third for around the green, first for strokes gain putting. So the polar opposite. I mean, for me, if we were to have 10, 20 years worth of history here eventually, um, then I suspect we'll see many more Ryan Fox, Nikolai Hoygaard types winning this tournament rather than Daniel Gavin's types. I think long, aggressive play is the way to go here. Hoygaard, 15 under for the par fives. Ryan Fox was 14 under for the par fours. So um, different ways you can do it, but you've got to attack those scoreable holes. You've got to attack the long par fives. You've got to attack those short par fours. I mean, either way, you've just got to be aggressive, I think. Um, the only other point to make is that uh, all of the winners, and that's going back, including the guys from the Challenge Tour days as well, each of them had a top 10 finish in one of their last nine starts. So a little bit of form to to, to cling on to isn't a bad thing. Even Gavin's, I mean, Gavin's was a 200 to one shot. He had finished sixth back at the Dunhill Links the previous uh, autumn. So just maybe not absolute immediate form maybe someone you know even the uh, the likes of Hoygaard and Fox they both missed the cut on their previous start so that's you know a very immediate form maybe just a little bit off-putting but um yeah someone who's got a competitive outing in the not so distant past is um it's probably a good starting point as well. So, but yeah, for me, bombs away. I think Saturday, Sunday might keep a lid on the scoring just a little, but I'd expect probably 20 under somewhere in that bracket to be the winning total. So you're going to need to make birdies. You're going to need to make some eagles over the course of the week. Now I've back four this week. I I had a good look at the top of the market and I really couldn't find any value there. Um, it's the same old names, isn't it, at the top? And how, yeah. you know, we just don't see these guys when they're installed as 14, 16, 18 to one shots. Yeah. They just don't Jordan go over the Smith line, and do they? The like. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was on Ollison last week and in a, in a deeper field at a better price, I get that. But when he's out there as the second favourite and. He, he did your nutting, didn't he? Do you, do you want to tell the story about Tilby on the Olsen, your first round lead about? Don't. I, I, Steve, I'd put that completely <laughs> out of my mind. <laughs> yes, uh, so 40, 45 to 1, I backed Olsen at the first round lead last week. and um, So he's in the tie for the lead. 
going up the 17th. We know with the course there at the Emirates, it's a um, the 17th is the short par four, um, and the 18th is the reachable par five. So he's on five under. Um, in all likelihood, he gets to six. Well, in, in in you know in, in the final analysis, if he'd got to six under, then he'd have uh, been a standalone first round leader. So. Um, on the 17th, he drives it in the middle of the fairway, just what, 30 yards short of the pin. So a little up and down and he gets birdied. No, makes par there. Um, the final hole, fantastic drive into the fairway, finds a divot. Um, and what, he was, I think he was still only 200 yards out, 208, something like that. Has a pop at the green, straight into the water, makes bogey there and uh, finishes in a 700-way tie for fifth place I think in the end so I think to say you were seething you were ready to jump out of your office window weren't you and, and plumbing at that seething. point yeah I, I, my, my daughter was off school sick and um, she did learn some new words at that point it wasn't it really good. It, you know my bugbears full stop in terms of bogeys on the final hole don't bogey the last it it winds me up. Eric Cole stop. was good at that last week. I no, noticed. But yeah, doing doing that when you've got a um, a nice little forty five to winner just uh, just just ready to be collected was particularly mm. particularly galling. Yes. Mm. Anyway, thanks thanks for reminding me, Steve. Right. <laughs> I just find it's good to to relay these uh, stories to our listenership. It's good, good to vent now and again. So yes, uh, Olison, um Yes, I'm not backing him this week. You, you won't be surprised to hear. I have back four though. Um, I packed back uh, Pablo Larathabel as my headline tip this week. Now there's still a little bit of forty-five, maybe fifty to one out there in one place uh, right now, and uh, I think that Pablo's got a cracking chance this week. I really do. Um, life's good for the Spaniard. His wife's expecting their uh, first child. So there's lots of pictures of the uh, the baby bump doing the rounds on social media. Um, he's been working on his swing over the off season. Uh, he seriously likes the results he's seeing. He's put on some some miles per hour, extra yardage, and really enthused with his game and how it's all progressing. Shook the rust off with a 20th place finish at Dubai Creek, and then he shot a bogey-free 66 on Sunday at the Emirates. Finished fourth. Um, that was his personal best at the Dubai Desert Classic. He's been coming there for years. I think that was his 16th attempt. Um, never quite mastered the uh, the Corsair over at the Dubai Desert Classic, but that was a big personal best for him and his best Rolex series result as well. I think that's going to give him bags of confidence heading into this uh, into this part of the season and certainly into a, what is a definite lower-grade affair this week. Now, Pablo's never one who hits loads of fairways, so... If you're getting away with 20, 30% of fairways hit this week, um, then that's right up his alley. And if it is windy over the weekend or a little bit breezier at least, then that's got to be another positive for him. He's a really good fair weather wind player. Wet wind player, no. Fair weather wind player, absolutely. So um, that all sets up nice for Pablo. And he finished third on debut back in 2022. Um, He's... uh, (laughs) putting well I think was it nine strokes putting um, that he gained here when he uh, when he came, finished third back in uh, 2022 the putter was working well again last week and uh, also the long game top 20 strokes going to approach top 20 tee to green last week as well I there was so much that I liked about Pablo I just you know as a 50 to 1 shot I had to put him up top um, I actually took 45 to 1 with um, extended places, but say 50 to 1 still out there. So, Pablo at the top. How Tong Lee, I've also backed. Again, there's 50 to 1 out there. Now, we were on Lee back at the BMW International Open. That was the summer before last, 2022. And that's when he won his third tour title. Now, you remember that one as well, because um, that was when he was in the playoff with uh, Thomas Peters. Poor chip on the first playoff hole, and then he hold that absolute monster fifty footer to knock the stuffing out of Thomas Peters, who then missed his birdie putt as well and won the title. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, it's one of, one of those very rare um, final hole successes that uh, that I was on board on because so often in those playoffs it just goes the other way and you are hanging your head. But uh, no, it was the other way, and uh, very pleasing that. There were some decent signs. The reason I backed him that week is there's been some decent signs in his long game in particular 
um, you know, in sporadically in the lead up to that. And his form was certainly trending. And I think his form's trending and peaking again right now. 14th at Dubai Creek, really solid long game that week. 7th last week at the Emirates, 5th um, for strokes game approach, and he led the field also for strokes game putting, which uh, when he's putting well, he really is dangerous. Now, like Pablo, he also has a third place finish here. Um, and if you're thinking of um, reasons to play well, he's got that carrot of an Olympic star dangling in front of him. He's uh, played in the 2016. He made his debut at the Olympics back in 2016 at Rio. Didn't play 2020 or 2021 as it event ended up being. I think if he can keep progressing, and it's going to be a big target for him this year, if he can keep progressing, then he's got a chance of making that Chinese team, I think, Hao Tong Lee. So um, we'll see how he goes. But I, I couldn't, again, leave him off the team at um, at 50 to 1. Similar price also, Alessandro, Alessandro Del Rey. Um, again, there's a little bit of 50 to 1 out there. I suspect Del Rey is going to be closer to 40 to 1 by the start. But again, I still think that's a decent price. Now, I'm sure you guys will remember John Rahm talking about um, Del Rey at the, um, before the US Open last year to LA Country Club because he played a, uh, a practice round with him and was absolutely waxing lyrically about his game. Um, he's one of these typical modern golfers. Hits at an absolute mile, makes loads of birdies, loads of eagles. He shot a 58 on the Challenge Tour, the Swiss Challenge, um, a few years back. That was on a par 72 as well, so that takes some doing to shoot a 58 on a 72. Fifth at the South African Open before Christmas, seventh at Leopard Creek as well, some decent form. As always, you know, you and I have some ideas of the kind of players that we want to put up um, at the back end of the previous week, Steve. And um, I'm looking at uh, Del Rey going into Sunday and he's sitting in 10th place. And I'm thinking uh, he's just going to absolutely crucify his price here. But he did absolutely nothing on Sunday. In fact, he shot a 77. So he, he went way down the field. And yeah. uh, that's kept a lid on his price this week uh, to a certain degree, which I like. 28th here on debut last year. Um, and that was after six weeks off. He then finished third on his next start. So he's had his warm-up. I think he can hit the ground running this week. Alessandro Del Rey. The final one I've backed, and then I'll bring you guys in. Callum Shinkwin, 90-1 to is the best price out there now. He did open at 125s, but there's been a lot of money for Callum Shinkwin. And I think that's right. I think he's got the raw credentials here to go really, really well. Now, we've seen him win twice on tour, one at Cyprus, he won at uh, <clears throat> Celtic Manor as well. I think he does a lot of his best work when he's not too far away from the coast and certainly on <clears throat> exposed style courses. Second at the Dunhill Links as well. Um, that was the year before last. That's another example of when he's done well on this, you know, on a coast or, or a course that's not a million miles away from the coast and certainly with exposed fairways. Averages 306 of the tee, I certainly did for last year. And a couple of top 25 finishes that he's had here at Alhambra. He's finished first or ranked first and sixth for driving distance on the week. I think he sees this as the kind of course where he can just open his shoulders and give it a proper rip with the driver. 11th last week in Dubai. Long game stats, really good. And 7th for off the tee, 12th for tee to green, 14th for strokes gain approach. He was also strokes game positive with a putter. Um, that does, or well, is worthy of note that because he's generally, particularly over the last few months, been neutral at very best and often been negative with the drive or with the putter. So to see a strokes game positive performance last week is a step forward. And if he can keep that momentum going with the putter combined with his strong long game, I think Callum Schenkwin's got a chance of making the each way frame here. So happy to back him as well. So that's Shinquin Del Rey, Hao Tong Lee, and Pablo Larathabal for me. Any for you this week, Barry? Yeah, but with a warning to everybody listening, just don't don't follow what I'm doing. It's it's messy. I can't sync up with the European tour. Um, I, I'm I, I don't know. It depends how much you'll bribe me to not back Hao Tong Lee. Um, I, I like that bet, Paul, and I'll probably put him in. And just kind of going on very just high level strokes gained on the course and a little bit of recent form. Um, I'm going to 
go with Johan Veerman and Masahiro Kawamura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kawamura played some nice stuff last week, didn't he? He was on the, it was the one who was on a 59 watch for a while, wasn't he? And uh, didn't didn't quite pull it off, but um, yeah, played some played some really good stuff, really good stuff. So I can see your logic definitely. How about you, Steve? Anything uh, catch your eye? I think the train's departing. You know, this this week. I think. Do you know what? I think this was exactly the same twelve months ago. We we're all on Max Homer, and I wouldn't be surprised if we we're all on the same player in this as well. I've got to go with Hao Tong Lee. I've actually placed a bet during the podcast with Ladbrokes. I've got seven places each way at 45 to 1. Mm. On Hao Tong Lee. He's well capable. If you look, he's won in Dubai. He's finished second in Saudi. He's finished third here on this course when he came off a 32nd place at Dubai the week before. His approach play at the now is just incredible. He ranked fifth for strokes gain on approach last week, which I believe was better than Rory McIlroy. And he was top for strokes gain putting. Yep. And not a, in this... Not a, lot, in, not a like. Well, this is it. And in this field of non-winners, there's plenty of those. Mm. He's got three DP World Tour wins and a plethora of Asia and China wins. So, you know, this guy can win golf tournaments. Yep. So I can see why you're putting up Hao Tong Lee and Pablo Larazabao in a field of non-winners. So th- there's value there to be had. But, yeah, I'm on Hao Tong. Yeah. Choo-choo. Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, people will look at it and think, well, he's erratic and makes the mistakes. But this is the kind of course where mm. you've just got to go out there and you've got to make those birdies and eagles. Yeah, you might make, I don't know, over the course of the week, six or eight bogeys or a double here or there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to happen. But if you can end up making 25 birdies and a couple of eagles, which he's well capable of doing, then that could well be enough. He's never been a fairways fairways nah, man, has he? He's, he's nah, always never. been errant off the tee. And this golf yep. course sounds like it's the kind of course that won't punish that to a, to a degree. Well, to a large degree. When you're getting away with 21-22% driving accuracy, which Fox and uh, yeah. and and Hoygaard and, and even Gavin's got away with, then uh, then yeah. yeah it's, it's Barry, are you on? How Tong, yeah, I'm going to do it. Just figure out where, where to go. The Labbrook's price and places is a good combo. Mm-hmm. It is right now. So, yeah, How Tong Lee for me. That's the only my only bet of Ras Al Khaimah. Right, I hope your bets go well, chaps, this week. Let's, uh, let's, let's hope for a winner after three weeks of near misses. Yeah, best luck, boys. Two lads, let's go. Best of luck to listeners. We will be back next week. What have you got, Paul, next week? It's the Bahrain Championship with an almost identical field by the looks of it. Ah, uh, but you've got Ryan Palmer flying in. <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely. Our friend right. Ryan Palmer. Yep. And uh, the other event is the AT&T Pebble Beach uh, Elevated event. So that should be something to look forward to. I hope your bets go well, listeners, and we will see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on God, but everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf